Hello and welcome once again to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. It is time now for our monthly previews show. Uh, this is where we like to go through the uh, previews books, the DC, Marvel and the best of the indie books that are coming out and pick out what we think everyone should be looking forward to. Uh, your host as always, Alan, I'm delighted to be joined by... Keith here and Roddy too. So we'll all fall in, no doubt, to our uh, stereotypes. This is a strong DC month. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Turned you on your head oh right my God, away. I'm just totally knocked off my game yeah. now. Um, sorry, Keith, I'll, I'll make me feel better with a strong Marvel month, maybe. No, no, DC's definitely rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're uh, we're just going to go through the books and just, as I say, pick out the stuff that we're looking forward to. I mean, general uh, general feelings on the books themselves. I mean, I'll jump in for sure with DC. I have to say, after a couple of sort of months of focusing just on their 80th anniversary anthologies and stuff like that, it's really good to have a really strong month this month. Uh, it's definitely uh, headlined by oh, headlined by metal. You gotta love that. See what you did. I mean, I even have a music man at the table with me to appreciate that. I'm on a on a roll with the puns. Uh, but yeah, so metal is coming back. It was announced a little while ago by Scott Schneider. So that's we'll go into that in a bit more detail. Uh, just as I say, enough for the 80th anniversaries. There is another one this month, but it's not the main showcase. Uh, there's also a beloved animated series returning to comics. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. And there's also maybe a wee bit of a discussion to be had about a one-shot uh, that is uh, previewed this month. I'm curious to see if it's actually going to launch, given the uh, stuff that's gone, been going on behind the scenes with DC. Uh, so all in all, I think it's a strong month for DC, which I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to jumping into. How about Marvel? Fairly solid month for Marvel uh, in May. Um, so we have Empire with a Y in full swing. Um, and I mean, it's I guess it's going to be the big spring event. Uh, we've talked a wee bit about it uh, the past few months. And uh, I guess sort of it's the same as some folks have been asking, you know, as they tend to, you know, with all the tie-ins and the one-shots and, uh, and all of that stuff, you know the limited series that comes with these things. What should they be, they be buying? And I mean, it is always the case with the big two that they have all these limited series tie-ins and whatnot. And Marvel, I think you'll agree, has done pretty well in their past, their past few events, War of the Realms especially. Absolute carnage as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's sort of they've done very well to to make sure that any tie-ins that you buy sort of add value rather than being absolutely critical to the to the story but mm-hmm. when you read them you think god i'm glad i read that but if you hadn't read them you could still stick with the core series and and still understand the story so i mean my advice would always be to pick up books that feature characters that you're interested in and especially if they're written by the current writer of the book you know that the, the, the character features in so for example jonathan hickman is writing the x-men tie-in ed breeson is in the ghost rider tie-in Jerry Duggan and the, the Savage Avengers tie-in, and these are creators who are on those books anyway. Um, or pick up books by creators that you're into. So, for example, Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's writing The Lost, Last God at the minute, the DC Black Label title I'm loving. Uh, he's doing a Captain America tie-in. Oh, uh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Ram V is on a Thor tie-in for Empire, Roddy. Nice. Um, and other than that, just stick to the core series and crossovers into series that you already have on your pull list you know so empires crossing into x-men and fantastic four and if you stick to that you'd be you'd be fairly landed um i think it's even 
because you were talking about it to, to us even right now with Iron Man 2020 there's there's stuff you're digging but you're not you're not getting it all yeah yeah so. yeah Iron Man 2020 I'm picking up the core series and I'm picking up uh, Force Works and that's yeah, that's that's, that's really it you know but I, I think Iron Man 2020 certainly doesn't have as many tie-ins as something like Empire I mm, think Empire's going yeah, yeah, big yeah. big for this spring it is it is and I think that's because you know the uh, it's it's the Avengers and it's the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. and those are two big flagship titles. You know, not that Iron Man's not, but it's you know it's throwing everything into the in the kitchen sink in there. You know, um, we've got a renowned nineties team, uh, ex-scribe Fabian Nazisa and his longtime collaborator Ron Garney are launching a five-issue Juggernaut series, which could be interesting. Um, other than that, we've got Union Number One. That's the controversial post-Brexit British superhero team tie-in by Paul I Grist. Think, I think everyone's looking for it. Well, yeah, yeah. maybe not looking for it is the the right choice of Curious words. There. Is the Curious is the word. Mm, yeah. Of course, we're all interested in Snakes, the Northern Irish superhero. <laughs> and uh, how that dialogue is going to look on the page. Exactly. And most importantly, will he call it Derry or London Derry? <laughs> this, these are important <laughs> questions. These are important questions. <laughs> Will he um, call it a house coat or a dressing gown? <laughs> Kirby or Kirby. Um, in the X corner, um, all of the original Dawn of X series have progressed to number 11, except for Fallen Angels, which has fallen and been replaced by Cable. Um, we've got that, Children of the Atom, Hellions, X-Factor, Wolverine, and a series of giant-sized one-shots by Hickman, filling out the, the X side of things, so things are pretty busy in Krakoa. Um, there's the confusingly a confusingly titled... A group of series we've got marvel's x which is sort of coming to an end which is the the uh the prequel to earth x mm-hmm. uh, alex ross uh then we've got marvel uh marvel snapshot one shots joined by the marvels uh also coming out uh in in may uh yeah keeping track of those in the pool list has been great it's been fun. really crazy is yeah. that with an s or without an s yeah yeah <laughs> oh, is it a that or not a that? <laughs> uh sins rising which uh, amazing spider-man has been building up to kicks off in May, Venom Beyond begins in Venom twenty six. Um, you know, and all the other stalwart series are our series are keeping on. I also noticed that Avengers by Jonathan Hickman Volume One trade paperback is out in May. So that's the first five or six issues of his seminal Avengers New Avengers runs. Uh, so that's well worth a look if you weren't on it the first time around, especially given you know Hickman being an X Men at the minute. So mm. yeah, Marvel's looking fairly solid in May. Nice, and what about that indie book? Cool, um, indie book for me is looking absolutely great. Uh, there should say, and this ties into both Marvel and DC, free comic book day, start of May, 2nd of May, I believe. Um, so I know there's a lot of stuff tying into Empire. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. necessarily, what's it, Wizard DC? Well, with DC, there's one called Generation Zero, which uh, we'll get to in a little bit with uh, Generation uh, okay. 1 as well. I think there's a... Spider-Man Venom title as well. Yeah, there's big an X-Men one. one as well. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming this uh, free comic book day. Always yeah. the first Saturday in May. Yeah, looking forward to that one. So definitely check it out. Um, in terms of indie stuff, I think it's a really cracking month. Um, there's a lot of great number ones. There's a lot of, similar to the last month, there's a lot of big titans of the industry sort of going back to Image and launching like original books. But there's a lot of um, there's a lot of great creators going back to stuff they've already worked on, which is interesting. We'll get to I don't know if anybody's picked it, but there's certainly titles like The God Damned, uh, Jason Aaron's going back to the Virgin Bride, or it's called the Virgin Bride. So looking forward to that. 
Um, yeah, Neil Gaiman's back to somebody is adapting his North Norse mythology book. That's one for you, Keith, the Dark mm-hmm. Horse. But um, I think the real the real strong part of this and um there's just so many number ones there's just so many great jumping on points for indie books and i mean uh, the past few months we've really been singing the praises of boom uh mm-hmm. boom looking in uh in may i'm gonna Is pass it? you over to alan for this one because it's uh, something yeah. something we um we've kind of talked about before there's um companies go through sort of ebbs and flows there'll always be a couple of months where there's like a lot of big number ones coming out and i think we were we were heaping our praises on boom with once in future something is killing the children red mother folklords all that good stuff but now they're sort of settling in they're like four or five six issues deep so it's time for something else and who have we got yeah we feel is doing it this month Certainly for myself, uh, having looked through the book, I think that IDW is looking particularly strong this month. IDW I usually associate with licensed properties, but they have a lot of original stuff coming out, which looks really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some really good creators in there as well. It almost seems as well that, uh, and I'm sure Keith will both agree with this and he likes this, (laughs) there's a big focus on Western at the moment. Yeah, there is. A big focus. Um, We've already had titles recently. You know, Undone by Blood, you had Kill Whitey Donovan. You've had a couple start to come out, but see this month especially, there's at least three, maybe even four titles that are very heavily Western pitched. Is the Western making a comeback? Is that going to be a problem for you, partner? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, I already had to have a stare-down competition with you over one of them, uh, <laughs> in which we were both losers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Image has got some good stuff this month as well. Image... To be honest, Image maybe have what maybe one month, two months max a year where there there's not a lot of great stuff, mm. but they've got some particularly strong titles. Yeah, they really do. Uh, some great trades this month as well for those playing catch up. Mm-hmm. Just a really really strong month in general for the uh, for the indie stuff. I think. Yeah, it's it's great great to see, isn't it? And there's a I'd also say there's a lot of there's a few little uh, jumping on points, new story arcs to. Um, already running books you know something that we'll definitely be talking about absolutely uh yeah so that's sort of the the general impressions with the books we'll just jump into a few specifics i mean certainly what we tend to do um in store is we'll put a previews board up all of us will pick up five titles it can be a mix of whatever you want i do remember when we first started doing this it used to be you had to pick one marvel one dc one indie and one trade yeah that didn't last long no Roddy no just way. couldn't pick a DC no. book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we we all have what, what we enjoy more and uh, it's best just to leave it open. So now what we do is just five titles a month, um, the ones you're looking forward to most. Well, we should say, if you're a new listener to the previews, Alan, you're predominantly, shall we say, the indie guy. The I'm, indie guy? I'm, no! I'm fully indie. Roddy is fully Marvel and yeah. Keith's a DC guy. Oh, don't confuse people. I've confused people. <laughs> sorry. Um, I would say that my alliances yeah. lie with DC. I would say, but I do read a lot more Marvel than I used to. But DC would still be my preference. And likewise, I'd be the Marvel guy. But uh, to be fair, there's a there's a fair chunk of uh, of DC in India on there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, unlike what I said earlier, <laughs> contradicting myself, <laughs> I am predominantly an indie guy at heart. Um, but I do. Dip my toes into Marvel in DC from... Uh, we, we wear them down every yeah. so often. Yeah, we're all just You're, fans of good books. Yeah, I yeah. think that's fair. I think that's very much fair. 
Uh, so yeah, with that in mind, what we'll do is we'll go through our picks this month that are on the board. We'll leave until last the the book certainly that we're looking forward to most. Uh, I can kick off things with a title that may or may not even get released. Go for it. Uh, so DC are going through a bit of an interesting time at the moment. They are currently, in a sense, reorganizing the company. So for a long time there, Dan DeDio was one of the co-publishers, uh, one of the uh, sort of chief operating officers of DC Comics and had been for a long time. He's recently been ousted, whether of his own volition, I'm not too sure, but he was very vocal about this idea of moving DC in a direction up to what was going to be called fifth generation or really annoyingly in this world of mobile phones 5g uh the apparent idea was going to be to age a lot of the heroes up and they would step away from being the main superheroes and a younger generation would take their place now i don't know if this is still going to be the case if this is going to happen or not but the first thing that was coming uh our way regarding this is going to be on free comic book day which is called generation zero but then the first pick I have from this month is Generation 1. So this was going to be the start of a series of five one-shots, uh, which was going to go over the history of the DC Universe, essentially. I mean, I I know I looked at this a little bit like the counterpoint to history of the Marvel Universe. It's not quite as overt as that, but it definitely, you know, it, it does remind me of that. In the book itself, it says, The secret history of the DC Universe unfolds before us, as seen through the eyes of Wonder Woman, Lucius Fox, Keen Faraday, and more. Uh, so what this is going to do is fill in some Easter eggs of the DC Universe, answer some long-asked questions, but each generation is going to focus very much on a different sort of age of comics. I know, for example, Generation 4 is called Rebirth, so that'll bring in the, the current continuity, uh, and then you had the older generations as well, so... I just don't know if this is still going to happen. There was a, a title ages ago that DC solicited called The Other History of the DC Universe. And it promptly had pre-orders. It had people excited for it. And then they just decided, cancel it. And that was the end of it. We've never seen anything since. Mm. So, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of, in a weird way, I'm speculatively recommending this. <laughs> I think it'll come out. <laughs> but I'm not 100% sure. Because uh, it even shows you on the page there. Flash forward had already set up stuff for this yeah yeah so yeah i mean flash forward is the biggest series of the year that not enough people myself included reached the conclusion with uh i know keith's <laughs> talked about it very very highly and it left it in a very very interesting place oh yes flash forward number six was uh, a bit of a surprise uh and how that how that ended and it effectively ended uh for good or for ill uh with uh, Wally West, the Flash, um, in control of the the Mobius chair, and with the powers, or at least the indication that he has the powers of Doctor Manhattan, um, of to Wikipedia, control is an act- <laughs> of Watchmen fame. <laughs> um, so you know, so he has his 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 normal costume has turned has turned blue, and he has a like an atom in his yeah, Doctor Manhattan yeah, symbol yeah, on so. his forehead. Yeah, so flash forward, yeah, it, it seemed to be laying a lot of groundwork. The the Generation Zero that's coming out free comic book day, I get the feeling it's going to fill in people who didn't read Flash Forward into this new sort of status quo. Interesting. It'll be, I think, the excitement of it is, will we see it? 
I mean, it's it's a tough thing being a DC fan sometimes these days, and obviously after Doomsday Clock and its long gestating release schedule and everything else, it'd be nice to have a bit of clarity on this. Um, I know Jim Lee was talking about it, that there's not going to be some massive reboot or shake-up. Um, the idea is to keep just the quality high, but that sounds very vague to me as well. So I guess we'll just wait and see. Uh, but this is the one, I mean, these previews books were printed and sent out to retailers before the Dan Deneo announcement. Mm. So I, I genuinely don't know if this is going to happen. I mean, they're saying that it's not going to be, wasn't it Jim Lee said yeah. it's not going to be a reboot? Yeah. Um, it's sort of a, is it a reordering? Yeah. Uh, you know, because it seems to be... That it was all very vague. Wonder Woman is the first the first generation one here that kicks it all off and... You know, but I mean, what are uh, we talked about this? Are we looking at DC's really just sort of doing a history of the Marvel universe and just sort of trying to uh, to get into order what it is that? Yeah. Listen, this is I know we've done all these. This is our continuity and this, but yeah. this is our continuity now. You know, um, or or what? Because I don't know. I mean, certainly all these crises seem to be fairly central to the to the DC universe. But I mean, I think I think part of the the reason for that, as you and I know from from reading the, the history book that we did, uh, the um, Slug, Slugfest. Slugfest, history uh, of Marvel versus DC. Yeah, I mean, Marvel were fairly, you know, whenever they, whenever Stan and Jack, you know, started, uh, they just wrote stories, you know what I mean? There was no idea of, of they just had the one universe, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, and, you know, then the, as a result and, and of And that, it all took place in New York. Yeah, it all took place in New York or in, in a world we know and, and you know, eventually... Whenever it became, you know, 20, 10, 20, 30 years later, it became necessary. Time just became a wee bit more elasticated, you know what I mean? So that these characters stayed mostly the same age. Whereas DC didn't and couldn't do that because they had, you know, the JSA and they had Superman doing different than Wonder Woman and all. They seemed to be existing in different places, doing different, and, you know, so they needed their Earth 1 and their Earth 2 and their Earth 3. So then suddenly they needed their crises to bring these all together, you know? And uh, it just seems, I mean, crises are fairly constant. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is this generation idea was supposed to streamline things and make it simple, but it seems like it's raising more questions I don't know. at the moment mm-hmm. than answering. So I'm looking forward to this. We'll wait and see. I mean, it, it doesn't specify a creative team. It just says ban all-star team of writers and artists. So we will see. But anyway, that's the first one from me. That is Generation 1. How about something from yourself, Riley? What'll I go for? Um, we stick to DC. By all means. Yeah, how about this one from something... So you are Mr. DC, after all, is what you're saying. Yeah, maybe. I just like to (laughs) mess with people, you know. Um, Yeah, so we said we were talking about a lot of DC legacy. Well, this one definitely continues a legacy from one-off, if not the greatest animated shows of all time. And This one is Batman, The Adventure Continues. Oh, DC. The adventures continue. The adventures continue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Roddy. (laughs) Disaster. Uh, I'm too tired. Um, What do you mean? We've we've only just started recording, Roddy. How can you be so tired? It's a late night for me. (laughs) But yeah, um, so this is a new six-issue miniseries, um, a continuation of the Batman animated series. Um, Absolute classic of 90s television uh this one is written by paul dini and alan burnett um, original writers from the show mm-hmm. 
and art by Ty Templeton. And there's also some great covers by Dave Johnson does the, f- the first one and the variant is by Dan Mora. He of so many good boom titles. Yeah. Once in Future and Kleiss and loads more. Um, yeah, I cannot wait for this one. Um, I think that's, that's the excitement of comic books that they can do this sort of thing. Um, you've got the opportunity to tell more stories, um, especially if something got cancelled or if something has just came to a natural conclusion. Um, it's really cool that we get to see these characters again. I know uh, Sean Gordon Murphy has like twisted them on on their head for Curse of the White Knight. Um, and I know he's a big fan. He talks about it a lot in this podcast as well. So it's great to see the animated. And when we think about it, we're probably a generation removed from the people that actually watched it. That's mad to think about that. So it probably brings it to a new audience, maybe. I was thinking about it. Maybe like people seeing this will drive more eyes to one of the greatest shows of all time. Um, yeah. It's really cool. One thing I noticed as well from the cover is that you have Deathstroke on there, who was never in the animated series. So it's a way to introduce classic characters who were never in the animated series or maybe weren't as popular around then. But uh, it's nice to see that they'll be able to introduce them and give them sort of the animated show twist, if that makes sense. So, yeah, this is one I'm looking forward to as well. It had me slightly worried when they announced that it was going to be a digital series, but it's actually just digital first. I believe it's going to come out a week before on digital and then a week later in print. Uh, I'll wait for the print, thanks. So, uh, yeah, Batman animated. Uh, sorry, Batman: The Adventures continue. How about yourself, Keith? As far as our recommendation, f- uh, I'm going to uh, kick off with uh, with an indie one from Image, Roddy. Um, so I'm keeping up the side for you here. Whenever you're <laughs> you're you're floundering around there in the DC pool. I'll get a transfer um, soon. Don't worry. So uh, we're looking at a new image comic from uh, Chris Condon and Jack Phillips. Uh, Chris Condon is a Philip maker uh, whose uh, work includes Last Night in Prague. Uh, Jack Phillips is the son of Sean Phillips and has mm-hmm. been colouring Ed Brubaker's work in Criminal, isn't that right? Criminal, yeah. Uh, so this is the first issue of um, a series. Uh, is it a mini series? Uh, is it a limited series? Uh, is it an ongoing series? I'm not sure. Uh, it's called That Texas Blood. Um, so it's, as I say, criminal colorist and first-time solo artist Jacob Phillips and writer Chris Condon break onto the scene with a brand-new ongoing series. Uh, like Paris, Texas, got punched by No Country for Old Men, this mature neo-Western crime series kicks off when the search for a casserole dish leads to a dark, intense confrontation on Sheriff Jacob Bob Coates' 70th birthday. Um, Chip Zdarsky has said... Chris and Jacob pull off something remarkable here, a vivid and bright story that nails a thorough sense of foreboding and darkness, a shocking amount of talent for a duo so fresh to comics, and uh, in standard uh, in standard previews catalogue uh, terminology, it says, and this is what got me, because I came back and read this and thought, oh, no, this has to go on the list. If you like the visceral storytelling of true grit and breaking bad, you'll love that Texas blood. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to this. I already mentioned Paris, Texas and No Country for Old Men. I was already sold at that point. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, super sold. So some, some lofty standards to aspire to there, I think. But this is what we are talking about, the Western. It is coming back. Neo like Western. Neo Western, yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to some traditional Westerns as we continue through the, through the previews books. 
yeah, so that's that Texas Blood number one. Uh, there's a great we uh, there's a great there's a there's a couple of preview pages and previews. Um, and I guess it just bottom lines here. It says Sheriff uh, Joe Bob Coates has always lived in Fort Lahane, which is a uh, it's it's an Ambrose County, which is a fictional county in Texas. It's always been in his blood. It's a Texas thing, but the crimes don't stop and they don't get easier. For some reason, they keep getting worse and worse. And well, it's Texas, and Joe Bob is tough. Maybe he's tough enough to fight it to the last. It's in his blood, after all. That Texas blood sounds good. <laughs> Keith is sold. Uh, yeah, so back to myself. Another one is going to be another DC recommendation. Surprise, surprise, and it's Batman. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but the reason I'm talking about uh, Batman 95 is that this is the start of a storyline called Joker War. Uh, so with James Tinney and the fourth continuing writing duties, the art is by Jorge Jimenez. Um, essentially, I've I've been talking a little bit about how I'm, I'm starting to warm to the Batman run now. This is the first sort of event that he's announced that I'm really looking forward to. Anytime someone puts a fresh spin on the Joker, I'm I'm there pretty much. It is going to be an an event that goes across a couple of different titles. Uh, just interestingly, how we're talking about like how Marvel do their their big events and so forth. This isn't a big event per se, but there is going to be some sort of tie-in issues or crossover issues with uh, Batgirl, uh, Detective Comics, and also with Nightwing. Uh, and they actually all sound really good as well. But Batman ninety five is where the storyline is starting. Uh, the little. Uh, blurb for it is it was always going to come to this the clown prince of crime and the dark knight detective go head to head for the last time the joker has never wanted to win before he's never wanted his battle with batman to end but now his motivation has shifted he has decided that one way or another this will be the final chapter to their story joker war begins here so i think that sounds great i'm a big fan of the artist uh, the way Batman issues are going at the moment, it just seems to be a feeding frenzy with each release in terms of their value. Um, I can never say that that value will stick around, but what I will say is good storytelling is worth searching out anyway, regardless of value. So uh, Batman 95, really looking forward to that, I have to say. Uh, although I am enjoying the issues until we get there as well. Uh, yeah, so what about yourself, Roddy? You got another one for us? Yeah, let's see. We will go from a neo-western to another western. <laughs> <laughs> like what I did there? That was suspense. But I think this one, where whereas that one is a very serious, you know, uh, some, something like No Country for Old Men, I think uh, this one from idw change of the grave this is a bit more i think it's got a bit more pulpy nature a bit more uh, and there might be a wee sci-fi twist too and a wee horror twist um so it's written by brian level and andy eschenbach and the artist is kate sharon uh kate sharon's worked on invader zim and the amazing world of gumball uh brian level and andy eschenbach have done darth vader thanos and deadpool so very heavy on the marvel stuff there um it's by outlaw roy, roy mason has come back from the dead chained to chained to the headstone that marked his grave it's a lawless time a magical time and the undead roy soon finds himself caught between a rock and a hard place as he sets out in search of a treasure but Roy, trying to do the right thing by his wife and children he left behind, soon finds out that everything is not as it seems. Um, 
it doesn't give much away, but I certainly see from the preview pages there's a lot of kind of spooky monsters and stuff. So I think it'll be a bit more. Uh, I don't know. Don't know what's the right words for it, but it certainly looks cool and it continues the um, IDW are having some run here with a lot of number ones, and this is a the start of a five issue mini series. So very much looking forward to it, and I'm really I've been enjoying what IDW have put together here. Cool. So Sounds good. She into yeah. the brave number one of five. And just as uh, as obvious as it is that I recommend Batman, it's just as obvious that we recommend another title. Is oh, that from Marvel? yes, yes, indeed. And this is this is one we, we, we've talked about a fair bit on the, the reviews podcast, either as Pixar's honourable mentions. So uh, May sees the release of Daredevil number 21 by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto on Arts and Covers. Um, why I'm mentioning it on the previous podcast is because it's a jumping on point. Daredevil 21 is the start of, of Truth slash Dare. And we have Daredevil back in the red costume, uh, which I'm telling you, I'm really glad to see. That is a beautiful, beautiful cover. So it is just to see Daredevil back back in his back in his colours where he should be. Um, I think this is the point Roddy jumps on the Daredevil, you know. Could be, yeah, could be. Says uh, the battle may be over, but the war is far from finished. After the shocking events of Daredevil 20, Chip Zdarsky reunites with Marco Cicero, and I'm glad to see it, to begin the next chapter of their definitive Daredevil saga, Hell and Back. For weeks, Hell's Kitchen has been a lawless neighborhood thanks to the Stormwind siblings. But as the police are finally able to resume their patrols, they're quick to find... Uh, find that they aren't the only ones interested in keeping the kitchen safe. Meanwhile, as Matt Murdock continues to struggle with how best to appease his sense of justice after the events of the past several weeks, a familiar enemy takes root in Hell's Kitchen. It's a nice one. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, is the man in red Matt Murdock or someone else? It wouldn't be the first time that uh, someone else has taken up the the daredevil mantle while uh, Matt I think has the struggled fact that with it his... says back in red though makes me mm. think it probably is going to be but I've been wrong before yep. why do you think that it, the oh no it's not the cop is it the other no cop no no it's not but it does say meanwhile as Matt Murdock continues to struggle on how best to appease his sense of justice mm. you know if he's back in the costume then I would imagine he's made up his mind and it says here he's still struggling so uh, and it, you know, it doesn't suggest. It says the cops are quick to find that they aren't the only ones interested in keeping the kitchen safe. So I don't know. I'm not sure. He's got a hunch. Mm-hmm. Well, I think as well as uh, recommending Daredevil, uh, it's 21, isn't it? Uh, as well as that being a jumping on point, there was one that Vicky had put on the board as well, just on that opposite page. I think is worth mentioning. That's the uh, Daredevil annual. Is that right? It is indeed. Yeah. Also, Chip Zdarsky, uh, Chris Sprouse. Covered by Zadarsky. You do you now forget that Chip Zadarsky is an artist as well, don't you? A variant covered by Declan Shelby. Um, One More Day. Uh, interesting. Yeah, this is uh, very much rooted in Marvel history, I believe. Oh, yes, very much. So whenever you say One More Day to me, uh, I think uh, things like Amazing Spider-Man and Mephisto and Doing Deals with the Devil, Brand New Day and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, the cover there has... Has Daredevil in what I imagine is his father's boxing robe. Um, so Batman, Jack Murdock. Uh, any info on that? Absolutely none. I mean, the um, they've been very, very vague with this so far. And obviously the previous books tend to give you a bit of information. But literally all this one says is one more day. I think they're banking slightly on people knowing that the, the legacy and the history of Marvel, that they don't use those words lightly. So mm. 
I think that that'll uh, that'll pull quite a lot of people in anyway. I like the fact that the uh, the D at the start of day is the double D for Daredevil. Yeah, it's it's, uh, a lot of people are now calling it one more D day, <laughs> <laughs> or one more D day, and they think it's uh, it's war related. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's Daredevil twenty one, and also Daredevil the annual number one. Third choice for yourself, Owen. Third choice for me is one that I really had to fight for. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the standoffs we were having over this title. But Absolutely. There is a reason for that. Uh, so my third one is Pulp. This is an original graphic novel. This is written by Ed Brubaker, uh, art by Sean Phillips, and as mentioned before, Jacob Phillips, who was the, the colorist with his father on Criminal. Um, interesting, they've given the, the, they've give this a hardcover edition from the start so this is going to be similar to my heroes have always been junkies uh which was another great original graphic novel by these guys but again we were talking before about how the western is making a comeback this is very very true of this uh the reason i say i had the battle for this one is because keith was very much looking forward to this as well i've had my eye on this for months and it's interesting we started having a, a standoff based on our brewbaker uh Brubaker knowledge. (laughs) 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 So for Keith, it was like, uh, look, I've read. Come back to me when you've read his Daredevil run, his Captain America run. What else was mentioned? Uh, Immortal Iron Fist. Um, To which I retorted, well, you come back to me when you've read. My heroes have always been junkies, criminal, <laughs> fade out, fatal, which were all Brubaker and Phillips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, either way, we'll both have this on dev release, please. Uh, yeah, so a gorgeous original graphic novel um, from Brubaker and Phillips. So the idea is Max Winters, a pulp writer in the 1930s New York, finds himself drawn into a story not unlike the tales he turns out of five cents a word. Tales of a Wild West outlaw dispensing justice with a six-gun. But will Max be able to do the same when pursued by bank robbers, Nazi spies, and the enemies from the past? One part thriller, one part meditation on a life of violence, Pulp is unlike anything award-winning Brubaker and Phillips have ever done before. The celebration of Pulp Fiction set in a world on the brink is another must-have hardcover from one of comics' most acclaimed teams. And there's some preview pages there. I mean, I, I know Sean Phillips' art inside and out at this point so i don't even need to look at the previews pages and i also don't really want to have much spoiled for me as well but you know nazi spies cowboys bank robbers pulp fiction noir i am in for that uh, i think that's going to be one of the books of the year yep all the way personally all follow up for that not to so not to put it under too much pressure of course <laughs> does it connect with any of criminal that's what i'll be curious to see because um the fade out, which is set during the golden era of Hollywood, is linked to Criminal. There's, there's the grandfather of one of the characters is in it, so I'll be Ooh. curious to see with that. They they are very good at linking their works together. Yeah, because when I originally saw it, I thought it was just a western set in the 1800s, but I didn't realize it was about the the writer. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, I think that's going to be a big one. So it is. So yeah, that was the pulp original graphic novel from myself. Are you going back to your indie roots now, Roddy? Indie roots, Western roots as well. There's another Western. <laughs> Jeez, this theme is just running through it tonight. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna jump to Scout Comics. Um, really been enjoying them recently. Um, a lot of great titles. There's been Metal Shark Bro, Red Winter, uh, Cannabis as well. This one is written by Brian Wickman, illustrated by Kevin Castanero, and it's called Grit Number One. Um, I think I, I think 
in terms of Western, I think it's not really a traditional Western, but the sentiment is there. Um, so it's when a routine troll hunting gig takes a gruesome turn, old man Barrow finds himself in the company of a wannabe doomsday cult. Just how he's going to get get out of this backwoods nightmare? Well, that X, that X ain't just for show. Grit is a southern fried sword and sorcery and pulp fantasy adventure in the mold of The Witcher by the way of southern bastards. Wow. Saying all the right things. Yeah. So um, It's just like a series of buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. that says, just buy me, Roddy, buy me, Roddy's, buy me. Buddy. Roddy's just talking pretty to I us. Suppose, I suppose that is the previews book, isn't it? Um, they have to they have to just sell you with what you what you like. Um, also, I have to say the preview pages, um, there's none in the previews book, but if you look it up online, it is gorgeous looking. Um, really, really can't wait for it. Um, this is, I believe, it's not one of those... Uh, I can't remember the imprint fault or scout call it the. Um, is it this, the one where they do like the number one? Yeah, and then it's the graphic novel. This this is a mini series, I believe. Um, so yeah, looking forward to. It. I think it's four issues, maybe. But yeah, I'm really digging what they've been doing recently. There's and even we say all the big the big guns of the indie comics world are hitting hitting it out of the park with number ones, but even. Uh, the so-called smaller companies are as well you know like we've got sky aftershock even vault and uh valiant as well you know there's so much good stuff out there cool so that's yeah. grit number one uh scout comics uh what western is up next uh, I don't got a western uh, <laughs> this time, but uh, we're going to uh, we're going to take to the high seas with my next choice. Yeah, sea western. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, a man among ye, number one by uh, from Image and Top Cow. It's by uh, Stephanie Phillips, who uh, who is on uh, Butcher of Paris. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, Craig Cermak is the uh, is the artist, and uh, Steptan Sedgwick is doing a cover B. So if you could grab me that one, I'll appreciate it. So, um, A Man Among You is a, a new historical fiction comic book uh, starring notorious pirates Anne Bonny and Mary Reed. Uh, it takes place in the early 18th century when sort of the golden age of, of piracy was coming to an end, and it aims to, I guess, recreate the adventures of... Irish-born Bonnie and English-born Reed, two real-life pirates who were active at that time. Um, uh, Stephanie Phillips uh, has said that a man among you brings Anne Bonnie's history to the waning uh, in the waning days of piracy to life. Anne is a woman with so much legend surrounding her. Uh, she's been a lot of fun to work with in a comic series. She was a skilled sailor who left her husband to pursue the high seas. I really wanted to work with this story uh, because it just felt. Like, this is a woman with a lot of drive and a very unique attitude, especially in the 18th century. Uh, they want to explore piracy through Anne's eyes and look at a pirate's life from a somewhat untold perspective. Uh, the recorded history about Anne is slightly limited, says uh, Stephanie Phillips. But in many ways, that means that uh, herself and Craig got to play with the many infamous stories about Anne that make her a slightly larger-than-life character. So, um, so yeah, a lot of uh, hoisting of skull and crossbones and drawing of cutlass and seeking of treasures... <laughs> Uh, so really looking forward to to seeing what that what that brings. Well, if her work work on uh, a butcher, butcher of Paris is anything to go by, that historical sort of vibe. Um, obviously, this looks completely different, but um, yeah, she's been knocking it out of the park recently. Yeah, um, yep. So 
looking forward and to a little this, bit of... Is this the first comic with uh, a ye in the title? Could be. Answers on a postcard, yeah. please. Or for people who are a bit more modern than that, answers on Twitter, please. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that's A Man Among You, number one. Uh, my next one is something that I cannot recommend highly enough. This is not a new title. It's actually a new collection of some classic stories. Uh, I've talked before, certainly on reviews, podcasts, and a lot in the store about this title. Uh, this is a Dark Horse comic called Black Sad. Uh, it is written by Juan Diaz Canales uh, with art by Juanjo Garnido. Uh, Black Sad is one of the... Anyone who's listened to this before knows I'm a big fan of noir. I just love noir storylines, femme fatales, guys doing one last job, private eyes, all this kind of stuff. Black Sad is one, but what it does is it reimagines all the human characters as animals. And the characters themselves are representatives of what their personality is. So Black Sad himself is a PI. He's a cat because cats are curious. Uh, there'll be people in there who you can't trust. There'll be snakes. There'll be, you know, pussy cats who are, you know, sexy lounge singers, you know, things like that. It sounds a little childish, but it is done in the most grown up way possible. The art is absolutely incredible. And Black Sad itself, I. God, this makes me feel old. But uh, it first came out 20 years ago. Seriously? I really did not think it was as long ago as that. Uh, so what they're doing is they are bringing together a collection of some of the classic stories. This is a volume one trade paperback, which makes me think there will be at least another one or two. Uh, so just a little blurb on it uh, in case that hasn't sold you. Black Sad is constantly up to his ears in trouble, sticking his nose into mystery after mystery, often getting involved with women almost as dangerous as the criminals he thwarts. Be it solving the murder of a famous actress or keeping nuclear weapons out of terrorist hands, Black Sad's grim work often provides a mirror for real-world conflict and human issues, never turning a blind eye to racism, political tensions, or brutally sudden violence. Uh, Black Sad is just one of those books. The art is just absolutely incredible. Thoroughly detailed, thoroughly brilliant. Uh, I really can't recommend it enough. And there are hardcovers available now. I do personally own the hardcovers myself, but especially the second and third one are very hard to come by now. I think they're out of print. So this is a way of putting them all together. And if you're going to treat yourself to one graphic novel this year, make it that. That is thoroughly, thoroughly brilliant. Yeah. Uh, is it Wanjo? Guarnido, his art is, I, I have never seen anything like it. Yeah, beautiful Utterly painted gorgeous. style, just vibrant worlds, teeming with life. Uh, yeah, can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, and it's, it's so detailed as well. That's the crazy part. Like, I just don't know how long this this style would take. It was, <laughs> we, yeah. took, we, we took it out of your shelf there and I was showing a bit to Keith. Just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you've even got like Ku Klux Klan members and all. It tackles all sorts of themes and ideas, and it's just a, a fantastic, fantastic collection. So them them doing this with, uh, I believe, a brand new cover to it as well is definitely something worth picking up. Uh, so, yep, that is my fourth pick, which is Black Sad, The Collected Stories, Volume 1. Uh, I believe we're going to be going on to another one from... Mr. McCants. Another animal themed <laughs> book. I don't know if this will be quite the same yeah. uh, tone, but you know. Certainly uh, just as spectacular art. Um, this one, I'm jumping back to DC for Man Bat number one by Dave Will Gold. 
and the artist Sumit Kumar, he of the Savage Shores fame. Okay, I was not interested in this title whatsoever, but now that you've mentioned Sumit Kumar, I really am. I, I was sort of the same, although I have a soft spot for Man Batty be up there with my favorite villains in uh, Batman lore. But um, that's probably a story for another day. Um, yeah, uh, Kirk Langstrom, for years, he struggled with his monstrous alter ego, Manbat, and the serum that transformed him. But he's finally hit rock bottom following a devastating setback, and he's going to take out his anger on every single citizen of Gotham City. Will the combined might of Batman and the GCPD be enough to stop Langstrom once and for all, or will this just be the start of Manbat's devastation? Yeah, um, haven't got any preview art for this. It's just the covers, but um, with that creative team, I think it's what we always say: follow follow creators you like. And Suma Kumar is certainly somebody I've been following for a little while now. Um, just a stunning, stunning artist. So I think, and I think it's um, that's one of the most interesting things in comics is it really gives, like Mambat, you know, maybe not something that necessarily would dictate like a mini series but with with a lot of talented people they can make something like a man bat mini series really special so yeah looking forward to it. there's two two spectacular covers too as well kyle holtz does the cover a and then kevin nolan kevin noylan sorry does uh there's a really nice variant cover as well so yeah i mean uh Sumak kumara was the savage george wasn't mm-hmm. it yeah. But he's been doing a bit of DC work lately in general. Uh, he contributed to uh, Batman Pennyworth, RIP, oh, which yeah. you know I was massively impressed with. But he also did the art for Detective Comics Annual number three, which was a spy story set in Alfred's past as well. So seems to be uh, carving out a little niche for himself at DC. And as you say, I mean, Man Bat, I suppose it's a little like Martian Manhunter or Mr. Miracle or characters that you wouldn't really expect them to get their own series so it's it's nice to see them taking a chance a bit more on stuff like that next they'll be doing um what do you call him kite man well you know we all fingers <laughs> crossed <laughs> we're waiting for the kite man's uh the kite man solo series uh cool so that was Mambat number one of six Another one for yourself, Keith? Uh, so Roddy's talking about following creators, uh, and that's exactly what I'm uh, doing with uh, Empire uh, X-Men number one and two of four. I'm following all the creators from all of the X-Books. So uh, <laughs> Jonathan Hickman and Tini Howard are writing the first issue. Uh, Jerry Duggan, Benjamin Percy and Leah Williams are writing the second issue. So... Uh, this is uh, it's an Empire tie-in. I don't know exactly where it's going, but uh, it says plant people from outer space have come to Earth, and wouldn't you know it? They just ha- this just happens to be when millions of mutants rise as undead creatures hungry for human flesh. The X Men return to Genosha in a tale so crazy it's taking the entire writing crew of the X Men line to tackle it. Uh, alien plants versus mutant zombies. Plants versus zombies. That's a, a video a, game. A video game, isn't it? Um, so yeah, looking looking forward to this. Um, I can make head nor tail of it uh <laughs> at uh i guess the x-men uh, genosha is famous you know as as uh, very very well known in x-men history as an island that built itself on the backs of mutant slavery um and then eventually became the a mutant island an island on you know in which a country which mutants took over and then uh professor x's uh twin sister cassandra nova used a, a sentinels in order to 
completely destroy Genosha and kill hundreds of thousands of mutants at one time. Um, so I guess that must be the uh, the uh, the the millions of mutants who rises on dead creatures. I would imagine. Um, I don't know what about these plant people from outer space, but uh, this is bound to be good with all those uh, all those writers on it. I imagine Hickman's probably probably leading that. So tie into Empire that I'll be uh, as we mentioned earlier on that I'll be I'll be grabbing. Cool. So that's Empire X-Men number one and two of four. I'm guessing that's going to be a fortnightly title then, uh, which will Fair tie into Empire. So, cool. Uh, so, yeah, so those were some of our picks. Uh, we now just come to our picks of the month. Uh, so there always is one title we like to showcase, um, showcase a bit more than the, the previous ones. For me, it was only going to be one title this month. Uh as a Mr. DC fan, as a Schneider and Capullo fan, as a metal fan, uh, for me it was uh, the return of metal. Uh, this is in Dark Knight's Death Metal, number one. So this is uh, the return of metal. Metal will always hold a, a special place for us at, at Coffee and Heroes simply because it was the first event not long after we opened that we were able to get people excited for. It was the first event we were able to you know expand our pull lists with. It was the first event we started ordering variants for people. Um, Metal was just a, a big event in sort of the, the early formation of our store. Uh, so to see a return with the same creative team of Schneider and Capullo as well as Jonathan Glapion on art. Uh, they're bringing back the cardstock foil and brass covers. You know, it always felt like an event when you got a new issue of Metal. Uh, they've got some great people on the variant covers, if that's your thing. Finch, Matina, and, and Art Germ. Uh, it's interesting because when this first got announced, uh, Steiner and Capullo got a, bit of, uh, got a bit of shit for it because they said that Batman Last Night on Earth was their last Batman story. So everyone straight away was like, oh, you said that was your last story. Why are you doing another one? So they've actually said this is a Wonder Woman story, but with other members of the DC Universe in it, which, of course, is going to include Batman and Superman. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very, very intriguing cover. You have uh, Wonder Woman with what is called the Chainsaw of Truth, quite the upgrade from the last two. I'm not sure how cutting into someone's going to make them tell the truth, but... Maybe it doesn't need to be a magic chainsaw for that. Uh, you've got um, Batman, who is on top of a ridiculously cool bike with a scythe looking like the Grim Reaper. And then you also have a mulleted Superman, which... Uh, he looks like he's a wee bit uh, dark CD as well. Yeah, I think it's that he's got dark side's arm yeah. uh, as well. Uh, and also, if you look at, I believe it's Wonder Woman's belt... You can see like the outline skull of the Batman who laughs. Oh, it's a it's well. a knee pad. Oh, so it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's hanging from her belt. No, it's definitely a knee pad. I think that's hanging from her belt. Yeah, because that's that's her knee pad there, and then that's hanging from the belt. Excuse us while we have a quick domestic over art style. <laughs> but yeah, so this is going to be a six issue mini series. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any tie-ins announced so far. Now, when Metal first came along, there was quite a lot of tie-ins. There was one-shots exploring the origins of the Dark Knights. There was uh, two four-issue miniseries as well. This just seems to be self-contained, but if next, month, if next month's previews book tells me otherwise, don't remind me of what I've just said. And then it'll be uh, one of seven next month. Look you, Mr. Negativity. <laughs> Sit in the corner. <laughs> Metal was six issues. It was announced as six. It stayed six. <laughs> 
Um, sometimes that expansion works because uh, what I expansion? I thought it was announced as Six and State Six. No, no, not metal. Oh, but no, I was only messing. The one that yeah. comes to mind is uh, the first White Knight was announced as six, and that's then right, went to yeah. seven. I think even issue one says one of six, and then it was two of seven. Uh, but yeah, just a very small blurb for this one. So get ready for the earth-shattering encore. The legendary team behind Dark Knight's Metal and Batman Last Night on Earth take center stage and reunite for one more tour. Uh, when the Earth is enveloped by the dark you know, multiverse, the Justice League is at the mercy of the Batman who laughs. Humanity struggles to survive in a hellish landscape twisted beyond recognition, while Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman have all been separated and fight to survive. Unleash the beast and let the headbanging begin. Just sounds great to me. Uh, there's a nice wee interview in the previous book as well with Schneider, Capullo and what they're hoping to do with this book. Um, I just think it's going to be a kick-ass six-part series and the pre-orders on it are already big. Uh, so yeah, that is definitely the one I'm looking forward to most. That is Dark Knight's Death Metal. How about you, Roddy? Cool. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to stick with Scout Comics, actually, for my pick of the month. Um, uh, as anybody that knows me, uh, I am a big fan of The Legend of Dracula, um, and I am picking Vlad Dracul, number one. Um, I was doing some digging here, and I think the um, the listing is wrong, because it says the writer-artist is Andrea Muti, who um, we know from The Incredible Six Days, Um the untold story of uh, chapter in World War Two graphic novel. Um, he's also done Fearscape um, and a lot of other comics. He's worked for DC as well. Um, but this one, um, it's written, I was looking it up, I believe it's based um, on a French comic. I think it's written by Matteo Struckel, which they haven't uh, put here, but I believe it's originally, it's a European comic and scout are translating it for the american audience um and i think the story it aims to tell use you know the true story of uh, vlad dracul ii vlad the impaler son of the dragon um he was a warlord a voivod guardian warrior iconic historical figure and he was able to successfully strike fear into the hearts of the fearsome ottoman empire Vlad is an epic story of love and war, historical ride with the rivers of blood, tears, swords, and love, and discovery of a man that was perhaps the most famous warrior of his era that inspired the Dracula legends. They attempt; they are attempting to do the story of the man behind the myth. Um, if you look it up online, oh my god, the art is incredible. Absolutely gorgeous looking from the preview pages I've saw. Um, yeah, um, I'm really intrigued because I wasn't too sure what to expect when Andrea Muti was um, when I saw this, but um, I do believe yeah it's worth checking out who's um, what it's originally based on because I don't think that's right. But um, yeah, any anybody else gonna jump on that? Oh, I hadn't noticed it, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, one of one of three, and I think they're sixty four pages, so it's a six ninety nine price point. But it looks absolutely fantastic. Oh, well, I must, uh, must take a wee look on the internet and see what I can see. Cool. So that is Roddy's pick of the month, which is Vlad Dracul, number one. And let's finish off with yourself then, Keith. What should we all be reading in May? Uh, for me, uh, it's going to be The Marvels, number one, by uh, Kurt Busiek, who we know from uh, 
Marvels, uh, one that we've all enjoyed. Um, did a four-year run on Avengers, uh, Astro City um, is writing. Uh, Yildere Sinar uh, on art. And we've got covers by Alex Ross, covered by Carlos Pacheco, variant covered by Steve Epting, variant covered by Bill Sinkowicz. Um, so a lot going on there. Um, it's an all-new, all-going series. Um, Kurt Busiek is back with the biggest, wildest, most sprawling series ever to hit the Marvel Universe, telling stories that span the decades and range from cosmic adventures to intense human drama, from the street level to the cosmic, starring literally anyone from Marvel's first, very first heroes to the superstars of tomorrow. This first issue includes an invasion from orbit, a panic in Prospect Park, superhero sighting in Manhattan, the all-winner squad in 1947, Reed Richards during his time in military intelligence, cosmic beings from beyond space and time, and that's only for starters, featuring Captain America, Spider-Man, The Punisher, The Human Torch, Storm, The Black Cat, The Golden Age Vision, Arrow, Iron Man and Thor, and introducing two brand new characters, all beautifully drawn by Yildare Sinor from X-Men, Legion of Superheroes and Iron Man, I think it was Superior Iron Man, an opening act of a thriller that will take us across the Marvel Universe and beyond. Plus, who or what is Kashum? It all starts here, and it goes everywhere. So uh, there you are. The Marvel's number one. Uh, I, I, I first I've heard of it. Uh, I'm always keen to jump on anything that uh, Mister Busek is doing mm-hmm. at Marvel, especially given his pedigree. Um, and it's, it, I mean, the idea of a of a book that's just going to touch base with all of those characters and all of those situations, I think, <laughs> it could just be good fun, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know if this is going to be a wee bit of a wee bit of a what do you say? Like a compilation or a, an anthology? An anthology, yeah. A compilation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hasn't been listening to you all this Jesus. time, Ronnie. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's me for for the month of May. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are of course uh, lots more titles that look great beyond uh, beyond the the main ones that we've recommended, but we just like to throw out sort of our main picks anyway. The the previews books themselves are always available uh, in store. Uh, you're always welcome to come in and have a flick through them. You can, you can always ask for advice as well if you're in there. Uh, and then if any of these titles do appeal to you and you want them on any pull lists or you'd like to set up one, uh, we do, of course, provide that service. Just pop into the store uh, and we can uh, get that set up for you. So, And uh, is, there a, is there a cutoff date for the, the books? So, yeah, so the previews order will be due by, it is the third weekend in March. Uh, so while I just sit here and work out what date that is, uh, yeah, around the twenty fifth of uh of March will be the cutoff point. We will, of course, as well as this podcast, will showcase the stuff through Facebook and links to the the covers and if there's varying covers available and stuff like that as well. The idea is just always getting as much information out there as possible. Uh, so yeah, I think that's going to do it for certainly our picks for what we're looking forward to coming out in May. Uh, so again, pop in the show in the store, and we'll get you sorted. Uh, but until then, we're going to say good night. Good night. Keep on winging it. This podcast is brought to you by Coffee and Heroes, a comic book and coffee shop in Smithfield Market, Belfast. You can find us on all the usual social media outlets at Coffee Heroes One on Twitter, at Coffee and Heroes on Instagram, and just search Coffee and Heroes on Facebook. This podcast is also produced in association with Fracture Press, an independent comic label also based in Belfast. You can find Fracture Press on all major social media platforms. 
If you do like what we do, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and most importantly, spread the word.